All right. Well, good evening, Hope Church. How are we doing? Awesome. Nice. Well, it's good to see you guys. Um, hey, it really is uh, completely my joy and honor to get to be here with you uh, guys tonight. Uh, Hope Church, you are a bright light in this community uh, by the way this, that you are following in the ways of Christ, the ways that you are listening to the places that he's leading you into and seeking to be obedient to that. And I'm grateful for the relationship of your leaders here and for many of you that um, I know. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a joy. It feels like family to get to be together and so grateful to, to get to be here with you. I, I know that in the, the span of just all that our, our world and especially our, our community just navigating through just continual um, the progression of the ups and downs of, of COVID and those sort of things. You guys have, you, you made decisions so that you could keep moving forward and you're here. And I know that there's probably, there's part of you long said, hey, when can we get inside? It's, um, we'll just kind of praise the Lord. It's not 100 degrees tonight. <laughs> um, but also, hey, I'm just grateful for your leaders as well that seek to continue to go into places to think, how can we continue to move forward as a church in every aspect of being thoughtful also of where our families are? Uh, and so that's just not an easy space to be. And so I know you're grateful for your leaders um, here uh, with Rob and the whole team here. But um, yeah, just, just my heart goes out to you guys. As you, and just, I love this. This is not happening everywhere. Uh, and as people think of ways to continue to press forward into to what's going on. But I'm excited tonight to get to talk a little bit about the life of Jesus as we think about the way that he modeled for us what it actually looked like to be a servant. And I think it's important that we not only look at and hold dear to the, the message of Christ, but also the, message, the methods of Christ as well, that we look at the way he uh, modeled for us Part of, part of what it looks like to embody this incarnate God to actually come down and be with us, the way that he humbled himself, the position that he took to actually uh, be with us. And so as we think about uh, in areas of discipleship and becoming more like Christ, uh, it, we're going to look at a few of those tonight of just some things that we can pull from Scripture. We're going to focus primarily in one area uh, as, as, uh, um, as we, we look together uh, in uh, the Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. And, and we think about um, in Matthew, uh, in verses 13 through 21, as Jesus is, is coming, we're going to read this text together. And, and I just want you to just kind of think through a little bit of what do, we, what do you see, what do you start understanding or looking at part of the heart of who Christ is and, and part of what it might look like to be a servant. And so um, as we're reading uh, together, Let's do this. Let me, let me pray for us as we get ready to get started. Father, just thank you. Lord, I thank you for just the evening. Lord, we, we, we came out and, Father, it looked like it was getting ready to, to rain. And, and, Father, you just were able to just kind of just calm that for a few moments. And so even, Lord, just the cloud cover we have. Lord, just thank you for your mercy. Lord, in this moment we get to just look into your word. Lord, thank you for... Um, Lord, for your son, Lord, who goes before us on our behalf, Lord, Lord, that you intercede for us, Lord, even tonight, and um, Lord, as we get to hear, Lord, that, Lord, your Holy Spirit, Lord, may just show us from this text, may show us, Lord, you would speak to each person, Lord, you know where each one of us are tonight, and so God, just thank you, Lord, in any earshot of this right now, Father, 
Lord, you know right now what's stirring in our heart and our world and what we need to hear from you. And I pray that what we hear tonight would only be from you. And so, God, may your voice be clear. Father, we thank you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So we're in Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verses 13, starting there. So if uh, you have your Bible, you want to go there. Uh, I'm going to read this. This is Jesus' feeding of the 5,000, and it's important to know part of what Jesus has just heard. He's just learned that John the Baptist has been beheaded. So just to kind of take on the significance, this is not just an acquaintance. This is a best friend family member. This is a significant moment, and he has just learned this, and it picks up. Now, when Jesus heard this, and that's what he just heard, he just heard this news as John, the men from, uh, that were around John the Baptist come and tell this news to, to Jesus. It says he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. I think it's easy to, to imagine kind of what's happening there, and, and, and we can relate to that, that, that moment of just kind of needing to just draw away for a moment to kind of catch your breath, and uh, we, we get insight into part of what he's doing is he's just kind of going to be with the Father, to just, just spend time with him, to, to just take in what's happening. And then there's this but. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples come to him and said, now they're, they're, they're trying to think ahead. They're trying to do a good job. This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Uh, send the crowds away to go into the village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. As we think about servant leadership, and we look at this story, and we look at the methods of Christ, uh, one of the things I think about, we, we, we grab hold of here is a, is a moment that, if there's any moment that we just would give Jesus a pass, right? We would just go, hey, here's a moment, you, it's just time for you, brother, to just, man, take a sabbatical, take a week, take, just take some time, and to just withdraw, go be by yourself, go tend to some things, that would be fully expected, fully expected. And we read here in verse 13 that when he heard this, he withdrew, so he withdraws. And uh, I think one of the things we're challenged is we think about the servant aspect of Christ, one of the things we're drawn to is that being a servant, he understood that this had nothing to do with an attitude or a feeling. This was an identity, this is, being a servant is not about an attitude or feeling. It is completely an identity. It's part of who he is, and I'm going to need that. <laughs> I see that hand. They're all coming forward. Y'all get this moment. We've got one right here. Let's pray for this gentleman. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. For those of you who are 
listening to this 50 years from now, my paper just flew, and you're wondering, what's paper? I'm just kidding. All right. So, so yeah, so as, I'm just going to put that right there. So, yeah, so the aspect of Jesus is, is holding this identity. He knows who he is. Uh, and, and this isn't just from this text. We see this. We see this in the, in the, 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 the fullness of Scripture in Philippians 2, as Paul writes in verses 2, 5 through 8, that have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, so this, we have the mind of Christ. We're, this is who we are supposed to be as well, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by doing what? Taking the form of a servant, who he became, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He became a servant. And he's calling us, Paul's going, is saying in this manner too, we're in the same like-mindedness with him. So his identity, part of Jesus' identity of who he is, is as a servant. And he's calling us, actually, that's part of our new identity in him. As we know in 2 Corinthians, we're, we're this what? We're this new creation. There's this old part of us as we, we surrender our lives to Christ and, and he begins to transform us. We're becoming this new creation and what we're, this new creation is all about new identity and it's a new identity in him. It's all about the things of who he is. Uh, there's so much conversation I know around people you know, trying to figure out who I am and we love taking all kinds of tests and like personality things and I'm a um, you know, I'm a two on the Enneagram, so you're probably going, well, of course, if you're a two, then you're a helper, and you're probably great at servant. Um, well, there, I don't care what number you are or what personality profile you have. Part of, if you are a follower of Christ, part of our new identity is now connected to Christ as a servant. And this is, this is so important because y- y'all just know that we just don't feel like serving all the time, Right? Because if we just base this stuff on feelings and attitude, um, man, it just waves go up and down. And the people who understand this, I think, best are parents. You, you, you understand that, and you don't have to raise your hands, um, many, of you's, many of you parents, but you understand that there are just times you just don't feel like it. You just don't quite, you, feel, you just feel like, I'm kind of done right now, I'm okay, I just kind of would be done with parenting if I could. But, I heard an amen, but, there, there's, but part of the reality is no matter what's happening, you still have an identity as mom and dad. That's who you are. You know, you, you've, you've become this mom and dad, that's who you are, but, but it doesn't, you don't always feel that way. And I think we can relate to this moment, right? Jesus is in this moment where he's just wanting to withdraw from the crowd. I can just picture him, he's walking, and, and they're just like, oh man, if that's me, I'm like, oh, they're still here. Like, they're, they just, they're just still coming. And if you're parents, you understand that, right? There's just moments you're just trying to get a moment, and they're just, they're the little ones. Or I, I've got a 15, a 13, 11-year-old, and, um, and I won't, I'll just go one of them. Uh, one of them, but when we go, hey, screen time's done, it's like that for about 30 minutes, they don't know what to do. They're just, they're just you know, like, you're, we're sitting on the couch, we're like, we're trying to encourage like some reading time or something, and we're, and like I'm reading, and then they're just, they're just like hovering. It's like, like, what are you doing? Like, just, this is, find something to do. Like, you are just right there. And, uh, and if, especially, 
the worst one as a parent, you get this, like, if you're in the middle, the middle of the night, your child comes in, and some of you know this, like, you, you just kind of hear the door, and you're like, oh, dear. And then you turn, and, like, like, you, like you roll over, and that face is, like, right there, and, like, there's just enough light just scares the bejeebers out of you. Like, that, like all of those moments, like, it does, that you are parent. Um, that's, that's part, part, part of who you are. I, I was with a group of guys this past week and somehow as we're all fathers and we started talking about our children and when they get sick, like the uniquenesses of, I have one child that he will, if he feels like he needs to throw up, he will, you just won't even know. He'll just, he just goes, does a thing, comes back and you're like, and he'll just tell you like, he's like, I just wasn't feeling real well and I threw up a couple of times. I'm like, Man, that's what I'm talking. And I've got another one. It's like something disconnect, like something happens here, and then the brain and the legs disconnect. Like they, she can't move. Yeah, you got one too. Like it's just like, I don't know what happened. And we're like yelling. We can tell, like run. Like you're just like you're trying to encourage and coax like to go, and it won't. It just and then the yeah the aftermath of those two are completely different. And I'm like you're. You're from us. How did this happen? Like, they're so different. Um, but in both of those circumstances, in the cleanup and in the walking with and all that, like, man, there's just some moments. Like, but part of our identity is mom and dad. We step in. And part of what Christ in this same moment is going, part of our identity in Christ now is servants, who we are all the time. Okay? That's part of who we are all the time. Now, it's, it's the same picture that, Jeremiah 18, you think about the hard life of Jeremiah and, and, and the Lord is just looking and speaking to Israel and he's saying, the Lord of Israel asked, can I, I, can, can I not do with you what the potter does with the clay? See, because some of us, we're in some situations right now that it just doesn't feel real good or circumstances or maybe you're, uh, are in places where you, you can relate to Jesus. Maybe some of the hardship of what he's just encountering here is, is significant. And, and part, of, part, of what, part of what the Lord's saying in some of this moment, even the life of Jeremiah, is that there's some things that are taking root and taking place in your life. It's, it's that picture of the clay that what he's trying to do is just take it and mold. There's something he's trying to do and just like his, as he pounds the clay and then starts to form it, there's something he's wanting to form in you. And, and one of the aspects of, of what it looks like when, to be a servant, it's, and I think it's one of the toughest, but it's one of the truest tests of a servant, is how we actually respond when we're treated like one. How do we actually respond when we're treated like one? A servant. Don't get me wrong. In the church, man, we love to be called servants. Man, I lo- that's like a medal. Like I'm called. Like man, that's just a servant. They're such a servant. I love that title until you treat me like one. Like don't treat me like one. And I, this this is one of these difficult moments for Jesus. And you know, if you hear just this about his friend, and and if anyone would you know would have this pass, it could be him. But he steps into this and. There, there could be a danger in this. If you're here going, Clay, man, I just feel like you're just, you just, are you just telling me I just got to do more? Like, this is not a, a text about guilting you to do more. 
This is not about do more. It, it, this, is, this is not, hey, just suck it up and serve. I thought, man, that would be a great hashtag. Like, put that on a shirt. Suck it up and serve. Like, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. It's a moment for us to actually pause and to just thank God we have a Savior who is perfect and modeled this of what it looks like in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of hardship, the midst of what he could just turn away, that he could give of himself. Because you and I will never fully be able to do that. We have to actually rest in his perfection as the perfect servant, and yet know that that's our new identity. We're getting called into something. So how does this aspect of an identity of a servant, how does it challenge you? How does it encourage you? Maybe you're struggling to think of yourself as a servant. Maybe you're going, like, I don't even like to think. That just sounds, that's kind of below me. Maybe there's a challenge for you, and, and I would just go, this is part of the Father. This is part of who he is as a new creation he's calling you into. Maybe, maybe you've been doing a lot this season. Maybe this is one where you're just exhausted, and what you just heard before was like, man, I just feel like he's just heaping the coals right now. And You just need to allow Jesus to be the perfect servant. You need to rest in the fact that allow yourself to rest in him and, and not your strength. Or maybe you're stuck right now. Maybe right now you're just kind of stuck and you're not really sure. You're, you're new to maybe to what it looks like to have a relationship with Christ. You're checking that out and you're just trying to figure out what, 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 is, what does it look like to actually engage. I would encourage you to actually begin to engage in the ways of Christ. There's places that you can actually begin to model coming alongside and serving. You're, you're part of a church family here that has multiple opportunities for you to discover and learn how to serve and model that and get to do that in a faith family here. I would encourage that. Maybe that's your next step. But it's part of not just an attitude. Servant, being a servant is not about an attitude or feeling. It's about an identity. But it's not just that. Let's keep reading in 14. It says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. And the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go to the village and buy food for themselves. To serve like Jesus, we need to actually see like Jesus. If we're going to actually step in and be servants like him, then there, there's a part, there's a, there is actually, part of it's a supernatural part, that part of the work that what he's come to do to actually help us see. It's part of the work he came to do to actually op open up our eyes, our blinded eyes, so that the very centerpiece piece of Jesus could be at the forefront of us. Open our eyes so that we can not just see like Jesus sees, but to see one another. To actually be able to see one another, that we might be actually behold the things that he beholds, that we might get to open our eyes to, to see kind of what's really going on. And we can't do that by ourselves. There's a part of the work of what God wants to do through us and in us through the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's just spending time with him to help us see we have to get below the surface level. So, so how, do, how can we open our eyes? I think there's a, I love one of the stories of Jesus actually healing in Mark 8. And Bethsaida, it says, when he came to Bethsaida, this is Mark 8, 22 through 25, it says he brought a blind man to him and they begged him to touch him. Because he knew, it's like, if you just touch him, he'll be, he could be healed. So I love this. He, so he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. So he took the brother, just took him right out of town. And when he, 
and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. If you're thinking of some ways that, Lord, how can, as a servant, how can you help me see so I know where to step? I think some of the things we take away from this, how Jesus took him out of the town. It's a very interesting part. Like He actually removed him from what was habit, what was normal. He's used to taking up his, his, his sackcloth or, or taking up his, and, and his, his sackcloth and, and like, ring, like holding a, uh, a cup that would have tried to draw attention to himself. And he's removing him from the normal routine. He's taking him out. He's removing him from part of what's habit. I don't know what are some habits right now that need to get like switched up, reoriented. There, there's some parts of, maybe, maybe for some of you, there's some people you need to see and the way you drive home needs to change. A way that you come into where you live, a way that you drive some places, just switch up. Maybe, it, maybe that's a very physical part. Maybe, maybe there's another physical part. There's some habits that are just unhealthy. Maybe your sleep habits are just some of the ways that you're investing and spending your time. Like you can't actually see people because you're just exhausted. And there's a part of health and the way that you're actually sleeping and, and spending time, you know, maybe way too late at night, you know, binge watching Outer Banks or something that just, you know, catching up or whatever you're, whatever you're doing that, that is giving you, that's just keeping you, that's a, that's a normal habit that's just keeping you from there. Or just, maybe there's just some areas of confession of sin that have been habitual, that God's just going, like, hey, just bring before me. I want to help you see something different. He takes him out of town, but he, uh, man, he spits on him. What? Like that, I'm just going to be honest, that's uncomfortable for everybody. Like even the dude who got spit on, like that's just, that's just awkward. Like th- that is, um, I mean, I have to agree, right? That's just kind of like, of any, like Jesus, like heal me. And then like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on, hold on. <laughs> like if I knew how that, and I mean, one of them too, he's like he made spit in mud, and like rubs in his eyes. Like that, the way what Jesus is doing there. Um, man, he, he just he kind of breaks the mold of anything we think, but it's it's part of what he's trying to do in him. He's p- part of part of these moments where God is beginning an encounter with God that begins to kind of humble us, to have a encounter with God that where our posture and that humbling is actually just changing our posture, so that we actually might be able to see where God wants to actually change the posture of our life, so He might kind of change part of the attitude of our life. Are, are there some moments right now? where you're feeling some humble posturing, where he's trying to reposture you. I know for me, this last year has been one of those years. I've had a chance and, um, to be a part of a church family here for over 15 years. And I'll be honest, this year for me has been one of those where God's been kind of drawing out places where I would have said, no, I didn't really struggle with that. But I, th- I think God's, God just naturally kind of brings and changes some posture places where I go, you know what? Like, I used to have titles I, don't, I think I cared more about some titles maybe that I had. You know, if it was a pastor or director or executive pastor or things like that. And now, like now one of the titles I get to have is resource associate. And I have people all the time go, what, is, what does that mean? I go, I don't know sometimes. <laughs> and I, like God is continuing to put me in a place like of going, what I get to do is serve. Like, that's part of what I get to, this, this title for me reminds me, this is who I am. This is part of what I get to do. And, 
And I don't know for you where that is, what, where God might be repositioning some things to help you see, don't fight it. Allow him to help you see so that you can actually, part of your posture and attitude can shift there as well. But also he touches him. You know, brother can't see fully and he touches him again. He couldn't see people like Jesus saw, so he touches him again. There, there's some part here that God, I believe, has given some of you some glimpses of things to go do, to be obedient to, to just walk into, to just trust. And I, I'm not talking about huge things. I'm talking about like cross your street, go meet your neighbor moments, invite that coworker out, pick up that phone call, that, that person that you're supposed to reach out to. And, and he's calling, he's like, hey, I've, I've, I've nudged you, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and nudge you again. I'm going to touch you again in that and just encourage to go and be obedient to that. Stop right now. And part of this, I would just say, ask him, Lord, help me see people. Lord, help me see my situation, my family, if it's my job. Lord, help me see so that I can move into that and, and be this last one, obedient. I think this last part of we see in the in the lives of of the, even the disciples here in this moment with them in verse 16 but Jesus said they need not go away you give them something to eat like I I love the fact that I love the fact that the the disciples had a plan they and there's nothing wrong with their plan they're looking going hey we're just in a great spot foods in town we need to get people moving if these folks are going to eat. Like, that was thoughtful. So we don't, we don't want to beat up on the disciples. They, they had a plan, but Jesus, Jesus spoke a word. <laughs> like, he gave, he, gave a, he gave a new plan. He, he, the plan wasn't bad. It's just Jesus spoke. And so, like, now that's the plan. And so in that moment, though, it wasn't just about being obedient because they're looking around. They're going, I hear what you're saying, but we, you see what we got? Like we don't ha- what you're saying and what we have in our minds do not match up. And I think for so many pl- moments for us too, we feel this sense of, God, what you are calling me to, it doesn't seem to match up with what I have. You have everything, everything you need to be obedient. Right now, what God is calling you to, you are fully, fully equipped to be obedient to the next step. And I think that's, we see that in a couple of places. The resource, it didn't seem like they had enough, right? The fish, the, the loaves, it just didn't match up, the match up to, to the need of what they saw. The fish and the loaves were but what they were, were there. They were present. So the miracle that God actually wanted to use was with a resource that was tangible right there. For many of us, we're waiting, like we're going to wait until something else happens where we have more, and then I can be obedient. And I promise you, when we, he will do abundantly more with your little in his hands. You take whatever you have, put it in his hands, trust him, and just start walking. He will do so much more. Whatever area he's calling you to serve, he's equipping you. It was, a, it was little. It may have been little, but here's the key too. It was all of it. They just put it all out. 
I think we're often paralyzed on what to do because we don't think we have what we need. I don't think we feel like we have enough, but the resource of what you need right now to be obedient to a place, a people, a calling God has given you. It's not just a, he's given you everything as a resource. He's given you everything in of himself as well. His voice that I just spoke about. The disciples' suggestion is not a bad one, but he speaks. And many times our ideas are good. You've, maybe you've got plans. Maybe you've, you, you've, you've, you've thought through a strategy of something to happen, and it's well-intended, and it's not evil. It's not sinful. But then God speaks. He shows something. And he's inviting you to be obedient. And I think maybe, maybe a question inside this, do you struggle? Do you struggle with your plan being over God's voice? Do you struggle? Now, you wouldn't say I struggle with like God's plan always, but, I'm, but you put his voice of what he's saying over your plan. And I think for many of us, part of our next process, if we're going, well, Clay, if I'm honest, I think sometimes I don't, I don't know what he's saying. I'm not real sure what he's actually leading me into to do, actually places where to be obedient. How can you know what to do if you don't know what the Spirit is saying? I would just, I would just, I would encourage us. This, I know, this sounds like this is atypical. The moment where we go, man, it's why it's so important that we just grab His Word and we just try to spend, just spend time and allow it to just walk and just feed our soul and allow it to just speak to us. I know that sounds so normal to just, that's, you know, expect that to be heard, but it is so true. To just spend time. Sitting in his word, allowing, as you read through, allow the Holy Spirit to do what he's supposed to do and actually speak and illuminate that stuff to our heart and show us. But it means inside of it, too, is just moments to just pause. I'm grateful. I've got some friends in my life right now that have been just wonderful challenges, I think, in the space of just going, Clay, right now, what does it look like to be obedient to the places God's leading you? Um, and that sounds so broad, but it was specific as this. Praying every day, just starting your day. Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want? Where can I be obedient to you today? Like, because that's, that, I think sometimes we get, we're, our fears, our mind goes to our fears, which is, you're calling, am I, are you calling, do I got to sell my house? Like, do I got to, like, it's these, maybe these major life altering things. And I'm finding right now, he's going, it's like, it's these little things. It is the most significant things that when we're obedient in the small areas. I, my, mine, my moment, uh, this was earlier this past week, and I'm just sitting, this isn't earth shattering. I'm going to tell you this, you're going to go, that's it, that's it. But it was, it, I'm in a meeting, and I'm with a, uh, a gentleman who's, there's several, several people there, and this isn't like a meeting where I'm responsible for this person's work at all, or part of the work that they're doing in the city, and I just heard him talking. And he was talking about a situation that's going on, and he's just he's trying to figure something out. And I, I had just kind of prayed coming into that that meeting, Lord, what is it today? What is it today? What's a place I could just, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to be obedient. And in that meeting, I heard him very just nudge, go help him, help him find that answer. 
And I'll tell you this, like just stepping in in, in a way of helping him, like God just kind of opened some really fun doors the rest of the day of just things of some discovery, conversations with people. And I'm just finding that along the way and just these next steps of just, Lord, I just want to step in and be obedient to your voice, what you open up along the way. Uh, One of my friends, their family got up on a Saturday morning and they said, they got together as a family. This is a fun thing. They got together as a family and said, Lord, Holy Spirit, lead us. What do you want us to do today? How can we be obedient to you today? And one of, the, one, of the cup, one, of the, the, one of the dads and sons wound up in a vehicle. They had to go run an errand, and they just said, Lord, all right, show us something. And they end up, I don't even, like the whole story get, just got crazy. Like they saw a car over on the side of the road. A lady looked distressed. They end up going and helping her. She had lost keys that were apparently at the hospital. They wind up at the hospital, and they're, you know, there's these two random people now in the hospital trying to find keys for this lady. They find the keys. They get the keys back to the car and help She's trying to pick up someone who needed to be picked up uh, in a wheelchair. She has, like, one of these uh, accessible vehicle vans, and it's just crazy. Like, and they, I, they're just going, we believe that we were someone's prayer. Like, we got to be a tangible presence of, of God to them and to, like, to pray with them and to talk to them about why we did this. And, and they just got in the car and just said, God, like, what do you want me to do? I think for some of us, like, it's important, yes, places of serving and ministry areas, but I'm just talking about this is, if this is identity stuff, this isn't, this isn't a Sunday moment. This is who you are. This is how, this is part of the life God's given to us to get to walk in. And I dare say it's almost like a drug because once you taste it a little bit of just that moment of what God wants to do in a moment where you get to experience him and see him, you just want to keep stepping and just going, God, where might you lead today? What might you do? And it's a place for us to just walk and trust him. There's so much more to be said about, uh, certainly I think of what it looks like to be a servant, but I think when we think about it, it's, it's rooted in identity. I think it looks like learning how to see like Jesus and really focusing on that. And maybe that's part of your prayer as we wrap up here, maybe I would just challenge all of us in light of God's word, when God's word's out there, like, Lord, what, what are you changing? What are you molding? What are you transforming? Maybe in this next song, as, as we get ready to close out, I don't even know if there is a song. Is there a song? Okay, just we're about to sing again. But just ask the Lord. I would, I would challenge all of us, Lord, if you were to put a statement that the Lord's leading you to, Lord, I will fill in the blank. Lord, in light of this, what is he leading you to do? Because this isn't a moment for us just to get more information. You've got a lot of information. This is more of a place of trust and obedience to get to walk and to just go, Lord, in light of your word, I will fill in the blank. In light of what you've shown me, and let's walk together this week as faithful followers of him, encouraging one another into that. And Hope Church, I'm grateful for to get to serve together in the city. And I'm excited to see what even might happen if it's today or even this week as we seek to just walk in identity with Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word.